Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is April 27th, 2020. Wow, Monday. And it's going to be a hot week. Like, this is pure insanity. And I think uh, the... The month of April so far is actually what rain is for, right? So rain, if you guys know, um, and this is an interesting kind of just fun fact, is uh, you know when it rains and you step outside and you're like, oh, I smell this fresh air. I've said this before on air years ago. Um, I smell fresh air. I actually asked that question uh, to actual scientists when I was a kid. And what I was uh, told, and, you know, obviously as an adult uh, getting uh, into research again, uh, you know, found that in fact it was it. But, you know, that fresh smell that you smell, do you know what that is? It's ozone. And uh, the way we need to see rain is that we can actually smell ozone because it clears the air where there is, where you can actually see your protection. You could see the ceiling, as, you, as, as I might say. So I think for all of us, April has been full of April showers, liberal tears, the Democrats losing, and obviously clearing the air so that you can see clearly where everyone stands. Now, today I want to talk about Flynn. I want to talk about Biden's run because it so pisses me off when I watch all these supposed pundits and people on TV not spelling it out. Um, why is Biden on the ticket? Now, everyone is saying, oh, they don't have anyone else. Oh, they just want to run Michelle Obama with him. No, no, that's not the reason. That's not the reason. And we're going to talk about that in the second hour because even Barr, who I do not trust, okay, made it clear why he was running, made it clear with his words. And it's like, seriously, sometimes, you know, guys, I, I'm just saying, like, uh, I, I, I am, <laughs> I spend so much of my time researching things uh, to deliver the news to you the way it is and to make sense of, how can I give it to the people so they can see it on, you know, it's not like just take my, I hate when someone says, just trust me, right? <laughs> Cause that's when I don't, when someone says, trust me, I'm like, all right, see ya. Or when someone says, well, I'm, you know, I don't know, blue check mark, you know, I know better or <laughs> I did this. I'm better. Um, that's why I run because analysis um, is one thing. Actual knowledge is another. And I, I, and, and I don't mean this in a way of tooting my horn, right? But deltas in regards to when information is put out and when it actually manifests is very important. Meaning that's where you could see the proof is in the pudding on who knows what they're talking about and who doesn't know what they're talking about. Someone will say, well, Tori, how do I know that you know what you're talking about? Well, I'm the one that told you in 2018, uh, you know, Flynn is never going to be sentenced. That's rubbish. You know, he's just waiting sentencing. Oh, how many arguments like this have I had with other pundits on their shows and even off, off there? He's not going to, he's not, why? Because I said so. <laughs> I don't know. Just because I, I, I know something you don't. Well, I need to see the evidence. I'm sorry. I can't show it to you. I'm not going to jail to show you. <laughs> so, uh, you know, um, 
these, this is where you can see who has actual knowledge and who doesn't. And those people out there, all of, all of those pundits have access, right? Because they're on the middle fence, right? Where they try to track the black and the white, right? They're like, I think I can, you know, teeter totter. You can't, that's why clearances are pulled and you're pushed aside. But, um, the, the fact of the matter is this was always the plan. And I've said this before and a great operation is when elements of the same operation don't know they're working together. And sometimes someone has to take one for the team, but they will not be left out in the cold ever because what we needed with general Flynn was for him to blow the top. See, we couldn't just say, well, we investigated. And so, you know, Mueller and them totally bad guys. Let's spank them. No, 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 no. You got to demonstrate it, man. You got to demonstrate how you destroyed this general who has done nothing but serve his country. You got to demonstrate how dirty they played. You got to demonstrate it because then there's no hiding. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So wait a minute. Are you telling me you manufactured the 302? You threatened to do all kinds of things to his son. Right. And for the record, I would admit to anything and say I'm admitting to this under duress because you're threatening my kids, Uh, you know, anything to protect my kids. I think every single one of you would, too. So all of this needs to come to light. Because even the leftists will be like, listen, man, that was messed up. Because then it's like, how many of you libtards have been arrested or thrown into a hole, right? Because they manufactured things. Like, you know, they arrest someone, you know, and they're like, well, I found this, you know, these drugs on you. And they're like, I don't have any drugs. Well, what's this in your pocket? You put it there. No, I didn't. See, that resonates with them. And this unfortunately causes mistrust. And I think this is why the president keeps reinforcing. It was just the people at the top (laughs) when in essence, they all need to go. Even the janitor. I've said this because you have to gut it down to its core and you can't use things like clear force and dynology to tell you if someone's a bad or a good egg because they're bad eggs themselves. They've weaponized this like... (laughs) You're a bad boy. This guy, he probably leaked information. Let's do a predictive analysis to see how obedient he is. Because that's exactly what they run for HR. How obedient is someone, right? How will they keep their mouth shut? That's not how you measure someone that defends the Constitution. Little tidbit about Brennan. Did you guys know that when he swore in, he refused to do it on the Bible, right? But he did so on our U.S. founding documents, but he wanted the Bill of Rights omitted. Yeah, that's how he swore in. Just, just pointing out some actual facts so that we understand what we're dealing with, Flynn. Now, I wrote an article in 2018 because I was pushing in 2017 and all of 2018 to different publications that have written articles in their name, you know, 
like they broke the story, but it was actually mine. And I have no problem with that because again, I said, I'm not salty that I'm not getting, you know, a pat on the back or a cookie or a, you know, a lollipop. Uh, because it always worked for me just through Andy Breitbart and others, right? I, it always worked for me. I'm fine. It's just about getting the news out there, period. Obviously now I'm investing a lot of my time because I have to write for myself and I have to do my shows myself because I can't trust that there's media that'll put it out there for me. I cannot trust them. Why? Because it's all about clicks. Why? Because it's all about money. Why this? And I understand it. All of them need to make a living. Shoot. I know if I'm spending eight hours of my day researching and putting things together and filing FOIAs and putting in open records requests and posting and posting that takes time out of my day that I'm not working for money. I get it. I totally get it. And I tell them that, but when I'm delivering to you a story and you're telling me I can't put this, make it an opinion piece, dude. Just put it in there and speculate. Just tell the people what's going on by speculating. I've never given you wrong information. Why wouldn't you take this? Because they didn't want you to know. They wanted to keep you in panic. That way you keep clicking. Daniel Jones, we talked about this all fall last year. Now everybody wants to talk about it. Man, that train has sailed. You should have been talking about it, right-wing media, when it was available because then we could have avoided all this poop that we're stepping in right now. If they would have talked about how Pelosi was in Chinatown talking about fortune cookie machines in February, we wouldn't be here right now with coronavirus. Everything in your life has been coronavirus. Your news, coronavirus. Your 401k, coronavirus. Your job, coronavirus. Your bank account, coronavirus. Your social life, coronavirus. They did it. They locked you in because they hate you. Because they will do anything to maintain power. That's how they work. And I've said this numerous times, and that's the way it goes. They don't like you. You're a peasant. You're not even allowed to have therapies they have. And when President Trump talks about therapies that take money out of pharmaceutical companies' pockets, oh, you better believe it. They're going to blow it up and use Tide Pod Nation. I mean, already, oh, it's President Trump's fault that I drank some Lysol and I did this. No, it's not. It's because you're stupid. Period. That's it. No one asks questions anymore. I mean, no one. Okay. So the president this morning, right? He tweeted out how people aren't getting their um, enhanced unemployment. I've been talking about it too. And, you know, he's like, you know, blame the Democrats for any lateness in your enhanced unemployment insurance. I wanted the money to be paid directly. They insisted it be paid by the states for distributions. I told them this would happen, especially with many states which have old computers. What did I say about North Dakota? Why is nobody asking this question? The state of North Dakota has the most dinosaur infrastructure when it comes to their secretary of state and their unemployment. How the heck have they deployed enhanced unemployment insurance before states like Ohio and Michigan that have revamped their infrastructure only a couple years ago? Answer that question. Oh, maybe he's a better man. I don't care how better you are. If your system sucks and your database and your communication of, you know, the information that you have on your database just in general is from the 1990s, you're not going to be able to pull through. 
It's like saying I'm going to be processing information on Windows 3.1. That's not happening in 2020. Yet no one bats an eyelash. No one says, wait, hold on a second. This state has had 15 deaths, which, by the way, admitted by their own health department, claim they, it doesn't mean they died of coronavirus. It di- they died with coronavirus. Wait. So 15 deaths. State has been shot down. Immediately, drones are deployed to follow people around, listen for coughs and sneezes, and then facial recognition is used to identify them. So that's been deployed. An app, who knows who paid for it? Did they use FEMA funds to, to pay for it? Suddenly deployed, like in a heartbeat, ready to go to track people. And all these idiots are like, yeah, it's totally anonymous. This, this app is going to save us. What the heck? How is it going to save you? It's putting invisible chains on you and anyone in your proximity that has NFC or Bluetooth open. Are you insane? Like, do you not listen when, but the, the FA, you know, the frequently asked questions on the page totally. No, they don't. They don't tell you who paid for it. It says, oh, the governor got with his friends. Governors can't get with their friends and say, oh, you know, we work together and he's my friend. So we're just going to get this app done. That's not how it works. Something called nepotism, something called accountability to the citizens that he's supposed to be serving. But no one, it's like everyone is just stupid. It's like, it's like they have coronavirus in their brain. Like, yeah, you know what? Maybe coronavirus affects neuronal cells because it seems like either everyone has gone completely stupid, right? Or something else is going on completely that we're totally, uh, you know, oblivious to because there are actual people that believe this stuff. And it's like, I, I'm really, I can't like, I, I see some, like I, I post some things and I'm like, why isn't anybody asking these questions? And the responses are actually zero. I messaged, I sent a press request to the governor's office and he still didn't get back to me. Still didn't get back to me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, on my Twitter and my Facebook, copy and paste. Uh, I'm going to put a link where you can take from, you know, uh, Google Docs, the questions, and then maybe you can email the governor's office for me. So if they get a lot of emails, maybe they'll respond. And that's how, you know, people can get responses. If a lot of people start asking the question, because I don't see how these questions aren't asked. Dude, did you break the law? That's basically my questions. How did you fund this? Did you use taxpayer dollars with what the authorization? Did the Senate or the House approve it? Or did you just use your executive privilege to just take money out and pay for it? Did you use federal or state funds? Or did you pay for it out of pocket? And who's paying for the Twitter advertisements to push this app? Who's paying for the Facebook ads? Who's paying for the banner ads? No one's asking these questions. So he could just put his hand in the taxpayer's pocket and spend it because he knows best. Are we kidding? Or is he going to be up front and say, oh, in January when I was at the soiree at Bezos' house, who, by the way, is the new Soros, just so you know, you know, pimping about with all the, you know, alfalfa member medals and gates, they were celebrating the kickoff and popping champagne to prior to impeachment, right? Ooh, maybe there is a chance for impeachment. No, no, no. But we got coronavirus in the pocket. Discussions. This, this is how you see what is really happening. This is how you know how things are rolling by paying attention to the details. These are questions every single person should be asking. I mean, Scott Adams put out a tweet that was incredible where you see Bill Gates freaking out, freaking out on what President Trump is doing. I want you to listen to this. Listen, listen to his panic. 
did respond very quickly and get their testing in place and they avoided the incredible economic pain. And it's sad that even the U.S. that you would have expected to do this well uh, did it particularly poorly. But it's not time to talk about that. But this is the time to take the great science we have, the fact that we're in this together, uh, you know, fix testing, treatments, and get that vaccine and, you know, minimize the trillions of dollars uh, and many things that you can't even dimensionalize in economic terms uh, that are awful about the situation that we're in. So that's a distraction. Uh, I think there's a lot of, you know, incorrect and unfair things said, but it's not even time for that discussion. Did respond very quickly. And so them. he's freaking out. He's he's panic much, right? Panic much from Gates. That's what you're seeing. Panic. That's panic. That's him panicking because no one's ever questioned the all and powerful Bill Gates on what his intentions are because people just sit there and roll over and say, oh, you know, he's really smart because he has a lot of money and owns everyone. Yeah, he's really smart. He has a system, you know, that's that was incredible. That was a great idea. And I'm sure there's tons of people with great ideas out there. And he's used that clout to move it along and entrap people into using, you know, a monopoly of systems. Then we had Apple come in. I mean, still, I'm still waiting to see where IBM is. I mean, I really want to know where IBM sits right now. But that's a story for another time, I think, in a few years. Mm. But, um... It's really interesting to see them, you know, how all the friends are panicking at the same time, all the friends at the same time, uh, you know, Doug Burgum didn't even respond. So I, I, I really rely on people. I mean, I've tweeted it out. I've put it on Tory says page, feel free, um, you know, to contact the state of North Dakota and ask the governor himself, did you steal my federal taxpayer money and give it to your friend to make this app? Are you using FEMA related funds in order to bump this app up? Well, you know what guys, because I knew that they weren't going to answer. Guess what I did? I sent that off to the FBI, to the people to investigate. So hopefully the feds, right? Valio, right? will get in there and see if he has misused taxpayer funds. And let me tell you, for me to send it, it's because I actually saw it. So I never ask questions. I already know the answer to, because that's weak, right? You try to find huh, the answers first. That's the only time you do it. Try to find the answers first. So I already reported it to the feds. It would be great if every citizen of North Dakota would send an email to disaster at leo.gov and say, I'm concerned that the state, the governor of the state of North Dakota is misusing state and federal tax dollars and FEMA funds for his benefit and pushing this app. That's the question that needs to be asked because if he's all in mighty and so above the board, then there should be no fear, no fear for the feds probing. Correct? Cause he should be very afraid cause he's got people in his own own office sharing internal memos. And you know how he should be very afraid because his stupid little weekend meetings talking about how they need to deploy this and how they're worried about internet groups is a very big deal, right? Yeah, they, they are. Yeah, they are. And, oh, Wayne, why don't you step it up with Tori? Not going to happen. Wayne needs to take a back seat for now.
This is, this is how you parse them out. You expose them. You look at what they said before and put it after. I've been, I've been demonstrating today how people show their true colors. You can see, you know, deltas are important. And you know, a lot of people think that when people put out information, it's going to happen spot on. What if I said about the future or things that happen in the future? Think about this way. Very simple. I want an iron shirt. I predict that I will have an iron shirt today and I don't have an iron shirt today, but I get it tomorrow or in two weeks. Why? Because I didn't iron it until then. So when something there's fixed point in time, as, as I've said, there are many fixed points in time. And this is where people need to understand that things shift. They shift as time progresses, because not everyone is on the same page to iron that shirt so I can have it today, but maybe everybody comes together in a week or a month, but at the end of the day, I'm still getting that iron shirt, right? You get what I'm saying? So I thought personally that in March of 2019, we would have been where we are today, right? That's why I, I had tweeted out, you know, that Flynn is going to drop you know, just to pull that bandaid, that little pseudo cover for the FBI and just, and then it's going to be an avalanche, but it didn't happen because we got bar. Right. And so, you know, delay, delay. All right. We have pundits that are saying, Oh, bar appointed Huber. There were no grand juries. Shut up, man. There's people out there that I know could be me too, that have testified in these grand juries before bar came on the scene. Sessions appointed Huber. That's already in the record from when they were questioning people in 2017. But I digress because people believe whatever they're told by brands. So don't listen to anything, not even what I say. Take it and do what you with, right? Whatever you want. Take it and do what you want with it. You want to ignore it and say, whoa, that's like, mm, you know, I don't care if my tax money is like sucked up. Oh, yeah, I don't care if Huber's name was mentioned when other people were testifying in 2017 and that he was appointed by Sessions. Barr announced that he appointed him. Two years later, are you kidding? This is how you see just how many layers of, I want to say a word. I'm going to use the word fakery, even though I want to replace the A with you, right? So a lot of fakery going on, right? A lot of fake news, a lot of fakery that is so upsetting, but you know what? It's time to like use your poppers, you know, the little New Year's Eve poppers, blow that horn because we're ready. The symphony has started, the music is playing, and watch these feet dance as they get carpet called, because that's exactly what's happening. General Flynn lost everything for us. General Flynn's family was put in the line of fire for us. General Flynn lost his home, his pension, his career for us. General Flynn has been through everything. And you know what? He's probably had so many of these, why have you forsaken me moments? Because he's only human. God knows I've had them myself. It's like, save me, please. I can't. Because we come to this point where we're just like, why is this happening? This isn't fair. And you cry and you're thinking, why is this happening? I'm doing nothing wrong. Why am I being punished? 
And that, and that's probably how he felt 20 more times more than me. And now he gets it. Now he sees it. Now all of you get to see it. His pain, his suffering, his being humiliated, called a criminal. Now he gets it. He couldn't have known because then it would have been colluding with him, right? This is how it is. This is why the best operations are done when each unit does, of the operation doesn't know they're part of it. And Flynn, he had to sit there. He was okay. He was safe. I said that. He was safe. And so many people gave me flack on Twitter, emails, you know, calling me. Tori, what are you, dumb? He's just waiting for sentencing. You can't avoid it. Well, he's not being sentenced in March. Well, you just watch. March rolls along. Well, he's going to be sentenced in July. Watch. He's not. And up. Here we are two years later, still not sentenced because he was never going to be sentenced because he was going to blow the top over this. And you can't delay it anymore. The whole, um, you know, blowing the top off of this. I'll see you all in just a bit after this break. Men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. Every decision will be made to benefit American workers and American families. America will start winning again winning like never before. I will fight for you with every breath in my body and I will never ever let you down. Do not allow anyone to tell you that it cannot be done. No challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of America. We will not fail. Our country will thrive and prosper again. Your voice your hopes and your dreams will define our American destiny. When America is united, America is totally unstoppable. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our legal defense fund. Any donation is welcome. Hi. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you, and God bless America. I'm Laura Loomer, and I'm running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District. Wouldn't it be horrible if we lived in a nation where journalists were silenced just because they confronted the political and media elite? You might think that could never happen in America, but it did. And to me. For confronting people like Hillary Clinton on her corruption and Ilhan Omar for her ties to radical Islamic terror groups, I have been banned on pretty much every single social media platform. And if that doesn't sound extreme enough, I'm also banned on Uber and Lyft. I know, I cannot understand that last one either. When this all happened to me, I contacted the media and members of Congress. I asked them for help. I kept calling, I kept emailing, but I never received a reply. And that's when it hit me. I'm a well-known journalist who has the phone numbers of the most powerful people in politics and media, yet I couldn't get any assistance. What on earth would the average American do if the same thing happened to them? I realized then that if I wanted to see change, that I would need to run for office. 
The American people deserve representation that listens to and acts on their concerns. So here I am, running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District, because the American people deserve a voice and a representative who, like President Trump, will keep the promises they make and speak up loudly and clearly for that silent majority. All right, welcome back everyone to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So, um, Flynn, before we get to Flynn, well, no, let's just finish up with Flynn, okay? Because I really want to get into, uh, you know, the Bill Biden thing in the second hour. And, um, I want to do more on Flynn after people find things. I just wanted to address something. I know, uh, you know, uh, my uh, people that have started following now are like, oh my gosh, tell us, you know, what does this mean? Look, I always use my Twitter just like I've always used my Twitter, which is to drop information for certain people that I know. Like, how do you think some of these journalists find documents? They don't just, oh, look, magically I found it on Scribd. No, they know where to look. They know where, you know, drops happen. They know where information happens because what's the point of me putting it out there if, you know, no one's listening to me? What, why can't it be someone with millions of followers so that the people know or someone that's trusted? You know, I'm just saying, like, just so you understand, all the information that I put out is, 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 is information for people to see, like my tweets about Korea. We'll talk, we'll talk about that too today. I'll just touch base on it. Cause that's a little bit more, that's super juicy and fun, but we're going to see that completed. I don't know, between May 10th and May 20th. You'll, you'll, you'll see, but let's get back to Flynn. So now we had general Flynn for the first time, for the first time after a long time, tweet out, you know, the documents that clearly state, right. That he was being strong-armed into a plea deal because they blackmailed him with his son. He, he also, you know, put it out there and made it clear. You know what sucks is that, you know, the mainstream media didn't really talk about it much. But um, what sucks is, is that people don't seem to realize that this is how stuff happens. This is how they work. This is how they've been operating. This is how they function. So I'm glad when I hear Devin Nunes say Michael Flynn was framed by the government. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Again and again. Yes, he was. And you know what sucks? I'm going to tell you something about Roger Stone. Totally just, just putting it in there. So he had no gag order for a while and none of his so-called friends that, oh, I know Roger, had him to say anything that would aid him or say something new. We all know he did nothing wrong. But the question is, how do you interview someone that you call your friend, that you call someone that you support, right? How do you Make sure that they have their voice in the court of public opinion because obviously that supposedly counts more than actual courts because the courts are corrupt. They're corrupt. And if you can't see that the judges in the courts are corrupt by now, you're not looking the right way. You need to take off the, whatever glasses you're wearing. You need to just like take them off. We'll compare and contrast on that. But 
I want you to listen to Nunez and what he said, how proud I am that he said it. Because every single pundit out there that had had Roger Stone so they can rack up their numbers, that's why I didn't even advertise. Because I know my listeners care about the news. It's not about the clicks. That interview tells you why he was taken into the Mueller investigation. It tells you everything. And so all of you, if you know now that the only reason Mueller pulled him in was because he was Trump's friend, right, for so long. Manafort, too, because a lot of you probably didn't know that Roger Stone and Manafort had a company together, and they worked with Donald Trump, like, from the 80s. A lot of you didn't know this, right? They're not going to tell you we rounded up his besties or people that he's worked with in the past. So now think about Flynn. The one Clapper and Brennan were laughing at when they got him resigned it. Right? They made him get retired, right? Retired, forced retired. And they were there laughing. And as they were laughing, something that General Flynn warned about happened, and that's why someone couldn't be there because they were dealing with something that General Flynn said was going to happen. And they said, You're nuts. It's not going to happen. And it was happening. What about General Flynn? Huh? knows where the bodies are buried. Look at my article and I'll tell you exactly what kind of bodies and what we're really talking about that he knows. Some of the stuff he probably doesn't even know he stepped into, but no, I'm not going to minimize his intellectual capacity. This guy's a genius. He's one of the best generals out there. Strategy up there, I would say, almost to those strategies that we try to mimic of Alexander. He was a great general. He could predict things. And you know what? He didn't even have a quantum computer like I did. He was just good at what he did, and he was excellent. And you know what? At the core, so good. So hard to find people like that serving your country. So hard to find people that are selfless, people that will not rely on self-preservation, but they will rely on their moral guidelines of what is the right thing to do. That is a good patriot. That is someone that sticks to it. And I mean, you can't, they don't waver, you know? And even though a lot of you say, well, how could you say that? You know, how do you say Roger Stone's a great patriot? Let me tell you something. Roger Stone is all about Roger Stone, but nevertheless, he's got a moral compass that does not waver for anybody. This is why he can tightrope both sides because he knows how to do that. He's the one that told you Nixon was duped. I mean, come on. Kissinger was right there laying out booby traps in front of him. And Nixon was none the wiser because he trusted them. He was like, well, you know, they've been around for a while. Yeah, huh? exactly why they're the problem. But it's not like he knew he was a good person and he's been tainted forever. Roger knew that, right? But anyway, let's get back to Flynn. Before we show these whitewash type, oh, look, I, I can get Roger. Oh, let me just do a whitewash. What do you want to ask? Oh, pardon me. He doesn't need to be pardoned. That's the thing. I hate it when people say that because the same damn pundits out there all these years saying pardon General Flynn. Pardon him for what? He didn't do anything. There is no pardon. It means lock up every single U.S. attorney, like I said she would, like I said she would, the U.S. attorney that was leading it, but we'll get to that at another time because she's having some really rough times now. But these are the things we need to look at. Why are you asking for a pardon for someone that didn't do anything wrong? 
Manafort, I get the pardon because they got him for something from like 20 years ago. It's like statute of limitation much, but, you know, Trump. Manafort needs a pardon because they got him on something from like 100,000 years ago. But what did Flynn do? Nothing. What did Stone do? Nothing. So why do they need pardons? Ask yourself, why do they need pardons? Oh, what about George Papadopoulos? Why does he need a pardon? I mean, he did his 10 days of jail. Why doesn't he... No, that needs to be thrown out. That needs to be scrapped from the record. That needs to be counter-filed to say, whoa, illegal filing right there. Criminal. This is a disgrace to our judicial system. Benches should be trembling all over Washington, D.C., especially the Eastern District of Virginia. Let's just put it there. This is perversion at its most (laughs) like they've totally annihilated the foundations of our nation which is blind justice completely and then everybody on the air i've said it so many times throughout the years what do you mean pardon what do you mean pardon he did nothing wrong flynn did nothing wrong nothing Stone did nothing wrong. Papadopoulos did nothing wrong. What did they get on Cohen and Manafort? Old stuff. Tax stuff. Oh, you forgot to file this paper. Dude, you know what? Maybe you made that paper disappear. I wouldn't be surprised if that FARA document or whatever you're talking about was filed and you scrapped it because you can, because you lie, because you just wanted them in a box. Anybody that was close to the president in a tight, neat box. That is exactly what they did. That is all they did. That was their goal. We're going to take this president down and we don't care what we have to annihilate to do so. Because if they really wanted to get to the bottom of the RNC and the DNC servers, they would have subpoenaed me a long time ago. I mean, come on, man. You didn't know I had it. I'm pretty sure everyone else that accessed all those ISO files, I'm, I guarantee you, one of them you nabbed. One of them you nabbed, and maybe you went through their computers, and maybe you were able to pick up the IP or MAC address of the computer that I don't have anymore that I downloaded it on. So stop, because not everybody's smart. You know, not everybody. I mean, I don't know. I don't even know the people that were in that group. I don't, because that's how operations work. Numbers randomly generated by a computer system where you join in and you're talking And then you're like, what's this? This is a DNC server. Who's taking RNC? Who's taking DNC? Which one is which? We don't know. Just pick a couple files. I only took two because that's all I had to download capacity and image it. If I could have done more, I would have done more. (laughs) But that was basically it. It was free and open. I didn't steal it. It was open. So I didn't do anything wrong. It was up there. So, hey, yeah, why not? Let me take a peek. But instead, Manafort from 20 years ago, they had to get him. Instead, Cohen, who flipped so quick because he did have some skeletons in his closet. That's why he flipped easy. And he wasn't as strong as Manafort. Manafort was in the trenches with stone for decades. Manafort knows how to stand. Roger, of course he knows how to stand. George Papadopoulos really did nothing wrong. He was just like, what the? You guys try to, ah. But see, George knows the European cliques. He knows how the foreign systems work and he gets it. And he was just like, all right, man, like seriously. And it was nothing, but they just wanted something. They needed something to dazzle up. Ooh, remember how they used to be like, oh, the walls are closing in. On what? On you, not on the president. Definitely. 
sick. Complete. These people are sick. They don't care about you. All they do is show off ice cream. Everything declassified so that we can continue this investigation. Why is General Flynn important? Because on Friday night, uh, thankfully, Attorney General Barr has uh, appointed a U.S. attorney uh, out of Missouri to look into you know, wh- what was going on in some of these investigations. And now we don't know uh, what was submitted to the court on Friday evening. Uh, but we believe that it's possibly uh, exculpatory evidence that the government had uh, on General Flynn. OK, and remember, in our report, the report, which which the House Republican report from 2018, it's the gold standard okay, of reports. If you look at all the other reports, whether it's you know the intelligence community assessment, uh, whether it's the Mueller uh, report, whether it's the, the Steele DNC dossier, those are all a joke. Right. And the media. Uh, you know, has been promoting these this Russia hoax for so long. And the reality, you have a the former head of the of the DIA who has been strung up here for for year after year after year. Uh, and what was now likely, uh, we're going to find out uh, he was framed. Imagine that being framed uh, by our own government and by political uh, operatives who don't like you. And I think that's yeah. what we're going to find out. Oh, so operatives that don't like you. I see. I see. Like I said, the FBI fabricated, they manufactured, and backdated their 302s to lock Flynn into lying charge. This is why he's stuck in that box, right? And his case will blow the FBI weaponization by the Obama administration wide open. This will be the initiation of the end of that legacy. It will be impeach 44 from out of the gate. Framing him. (laughs) I wonder where they got all that now. Because see, they have, we have. Ask yourself, where's Gina Haspel? Why would anyone in their right mind stick her in the CIA? Because they're so stupid, they think they're slick. That's the way it goes. Now, so many people have been putting out indictments. This, that, Sally, this, that, Loretta, this, that. Guys, none of these indictments have happened yet. Yet. Because you can't get to them until you get to the part where you pop that cork from the wine bottle. Okay? And there's heck of a lot more people. We're talking Peter Carlin, Mary McCord. We've got some lower level supposedly. <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't laugh because you know what? I shouldn't take pleasure in their misery. Seriously. It's wrong. God forgive me. Because they do not know what they have done. They do not know what they are doing and we should forgive them. We should seek their, well, they should repent. But there are so many people involved in this. It would make your head spin. Like right now, all of you should be having headaches because there is so much information coming down on you. Tons of it. The gallows would be, you know, a godsend for them. Maybe all of them will get sick real quick or something. That's basically how they work, right? They all get sick. You know, that's how that stuff goes when you're locked up, not dead. But um, we're going to see Hannigan come into the picture again, you know, because that's, you know, we keep focusing on our guys here. But like I've said, the people in the United States are small potatoes, 
Okay. They're like the new potatoes in a can where they kind of taste good in a salad, but then you're just like, oh my God, just, I just have a potato that came out of a can. Do you know what I'm saying? That's what they are. Canned potatoes. The real meat and potatoes is in Europe. Well, actually centers in Kazakhstan, but let's just say Europe for now. Because that'll just confuse you to understand how the European Council is based in Kazakhstan. And you're like, well, hold on a second. Kazakhstan is not even part of the EU. Yeah, cock your head. Because you don't see what's coming. (laughs) Because you can't see what's coming. Because when people, you know, are having discussions about things, it flies over your head. Why? Because you are overloaded with information. Overloaded. Completely. So here's where we're going to see the GCHQ come in. If any of you who listen to me went to global security, is it globalgroup.com now? They keep changing, uh, you know, the, <laughs> the internet address. So globalgroup.com, you'll see one of the first uh, internet interactive activities I ever did, which was to push elections and manipulate elections in another country. Um, it's on there. It's Afghanistan. Um, that was, uh, part of my last, you know, assignment, but, um, you'll see on there that, <laughs> that the people that are like on the board and the advisory and everything are all former GCHQ, NSA, CIA, Lockheed Martin, TAC, you know, L3, like all the clowns are there. So like how much more clearer does someone have to be? I mean, even George Papadopoulos has been tweeting, we need to look overseas, right? Daniel Jones, ha, from them, does he get money? This is where we're not focusing on the details. We're just jumping on something. That is the thing. We're jumping on something, jumping on. (laughs) Oh, look this. Oh, I don't like him. Let's focus there. Guys. It's all coming from there. The people that we have here in the United States are not that smart. They're actually quite dumb. Very dumb. Except for Hayden. General Hayden is smart. General Jones is worse. Ugh. Oh my gosh. Like he reeks of cabbage just thinking about him. So these, these, the smarter ones are the dangerous ones, right? Uh, Brennan Comey's not smart either. He's just cocky. Um, you know, Lindsey Graham, for example, has been practicing his, his alto voice a lot, but it's still not helping. I mean, he still reeks. I mean, everybody knows he's singing. So, you know, how does he stay around? I don't know. Maybe we're, I don't know. All of these people together, they hate you. They are the enemy of the people and you can see it from the way their media are pushing it. They're horrible. They will go to any length to manipulate what you can see, what you can say, and what you can hear. They will twist words, twist facts, omit facts, simply because they hate you. Jake Tapper, Brian Stelter, right? Even people in Fox, that dude Matto, right? All of these people hate you. They rake in millions a year to just fake, to just put out straight fakery, right? Place they with a U. That's it. That's all they're doing. That is all they're doing constantly. They have no remorse that an innocent man like General Flynn, who had been fighting for his country, served his country his whole life, was being 
thrown under the bus with fakery. Complete fakery. And it's okay. Because it is for their greater good. Right? It's always the greater good. Right? Their greater good. What they think is good. Because they know better. Right? Kind of like all these governors now. They all know better for you. You need to shut up and I know better. You need to not go to the park because I said so. Guys, let me tell you something. General Flynn is going to be fine. He is, I don't want to say martyr. I want to say hero because he's, he's not going to die from this, right? He's going to come out with like the biggest sword and shield ever. Do you know why? Because he's got the armor guard around, of God around him. He's wearing that belt of truth around his waist like nobody's business. It's, it's like the, 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 truth, the, the, the belt of truth that he has is like one of those obnoxious belt buckles from Texas. You know, those guys that chew and spit when they walk with the buckle that's like as big as their abdomen. That's how big his truth is right now. So he's fine. But let's talk about truth just a little bit. Yesterday, just because we wanted to be out of the house and I left my phone, I, I, I'm, I'm consciously trying to do that because, you know, I, I have to turn off at some point because there is so much information and I get so upset too and riled up. But anyway, my daughter and I were like, okay, we needed to buy like five, six items from, for groceries, food and whatnot. So we were like, since we're out, let's just stay out. Let's just like go to all of them. Let's go to Whole Foods. Let's go to Target. Let's go. Let's just go do stuff. The amount of sheer panic from almost everyone out there was insane. Like these people are really serious. Like I, I, I remember I was, I, I was at the supermarket and there were so many people around. And then when we got to the cash register, they had these thing, uh, you know, stickers already embedded on the floor, like stand six feet apart. And, you know, as I was standing, uh, you know, I walked up to the cash register, the person just looked at me and I was like, Oh, we're still doing this whole social distancing. thing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> People with masks and gloves. Some lady freaking picked out a stick and like put it, social distance yourself. And I was like, damn, I feel sorry for these people. These people are actually terrified. They're terrified that they're going to die if they step outside. And there are people that are educated, nurses and doctors that feel the same way. And I'm just like, dude, you have the same access to the same information I have. Like, what is going on? You can't be that insane. Yet there are people out there that panic. Oh my God, I saw people at the park. Like nothing was wrong. I needed to call the cops because we're all going to die. And I'm like, whoa, there are really people in that space. And I feel so sorry for them. I really do. I, I, I just didn't know, you know, how do I ver <laughs> verbalize that without sounding sarcastic? I mean, these people really, I, I can't even imagine living like that. That stepping outside, I would die. Like they're wearing gloves and masks and, you know, they're terrified of another person. I'm like, Jesus, there are people that believe this. All I could do was pray for them. Like I couldn't, I couldn't. I actually, uh, in my building, when I got to my elevator, a guy was coming up from behind me and I had just gotten in and I was like, Hey, come inside. Let's social distance in this four by four. And he walked in laughing and he was like, you know what? <sighs> I'm never voting Democrat again. They've locked us up simply because they hate him. This came from one of the most soy people ever that I've seen.
like super soy. We're talking the jeans, the stupid matcha latte in his hand, the hair that covers his face. Like we're talking like he was like bendable Gumby soy, like super soy, super beta. And he was like, I can't believe it as he flicked his hair. And I was just like, oh my gosh, it's working. This is the reality, guys. There are people that are so scared that the media has successfully done what they were hired to do, and that's terrify you and hold you hostage to your own thoughts. And the media has done great work on obfuscating facts and reality. And the media has done great work on smearing General Flynn. And I am so hoping that we have all that audio and we're ready to smack it right back to them. Because once people see that there is information showing different, oh dear, because you know, Huber's looking into that, you know, media communications and all. So I'll see you guys all in just a bit after the short break. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tory. So uh, in this hour, we're going to cover uh, the coronavirus aid hack that we talked about before the CARES Act came out, and I told you it was going to happen. Now we're seeing it. Uh, we're also going to talk about um, Rocket Man and why Biden's really running, because everyone's like, is the Democrat Party super insane? Uh, you know, you saw, we'll play the clip where Jill was <laughs> speaking, and Jill was like, yeah, like she said it for me, we're good. And it's like, is Jill running or Joe? Or does Joe think Jill's running? That was excellent comment that um, uh, one of the uh, one a person on Twitter put out and I retweeted. That was gold. Uh, so we're going to talk about that too. Now, coronavirus aid, guys, right? We've been talking about it. I've been, I've been pointing how one state has been hand-selected, one, because of the way the population has been trained to think. You know, red state, red is in China, not Republican. And um, how they've been able to deploy all these programs. How are they using money? North Dakota, most corrupt hands down. Obviously, we see other Gestapo states. Now, prior to the CARES Act, remember I said, why not just send everybody a check, right? Just cut the check, send it off to me. Send me my $600 for every week directly. I want your signature. I want to frame it. I will mobile deposit it so I can pass that on to my great grandkids. Just do it like that. Why are we going through the state? Why do they want to put it through unemployment? Because they need money. And you're going to say, how did the Senate full of Republicans approve this crap? Huh? Remember, they have a state to answer to. And that state has been, you know, dabbling in fakery. That's like my new word, fakery with a U. 
tons of fakery over the years. So they're like, you either give it to us so we could cover or you're going to have a problem because we need money. And that is the deal here. It's all about the money and cooking books and moving things around. And like I said, they were going to be using money because they were like, by the time the first lot of money comes so that we can buy stuff and pay for things and, you know, swindle here and there and cover deficits because the feds, when they come down in our state, we're screwed, right? We're screwed if the feds come down. Uh, you know, we're just going to obfuscate here, obfuscate there with the money that we get. And we're going to say, oh, we're like processing like the infrastructure to like be able to do this correctly. And that way we can, you know, set it up on our systems because it's 2020 and everything's like super slow, like on paper. So this is, I we already talked about this fakery that was going to be happening, right? Now it's coming to fruition, right? It's coming to fruition. So here we have, um, you know, uh, how it's unacceptable that Pelosi delayed aid on coronavirus, Pelosi only. So in, um, uh, you know, in the United States right now, there, are, <laughs> I'm just going to leave it. I'm just going to, okay. I'm going to hold my tongue because I'm on air you know, globally, and I have to keep it PG. So, um, you know what? I think we should start with Maria Baratomo and how de Blasio explains how much money New York City really needs to recover their, their economy because they're struggling. Take a listen. City, the epicenter of the COVID-19 pandemic in the country. Now, as things are slowly beginning to look better there, how will the city handle the reopening? Joining me right now is the boss, New York City Mayor, Bill de Blasio. Mr. Mayor, it's great to have you this morning. Thanks very much for being here. I want to ask you that question right here. How will a reopening of New York look? What industries are poised to open first? And when do you see that happening? Thank you, Maria. Well, first of all, Maria, you are a proud New Yorker, proud Brooklynite by background. You know how tough and resilient this city is. So the first thing I want to say is we will be back. We will be strong. In fact, we will be stronger. And we're going to create a city that builds on our previous success and comes back stronger and fairer. I believe we can do this. And I already see the naysayers out there saying, oh, New York City's not going to be able to come back. New York City fought back after the fiscal crisis. We fought back after 9-11. We fought back after Hurricane Sandy. We will fight back again. What we need to... So how do you do it? Yeah, what we need, there's no question in my mind, we must have the support of the federal government to do this. Because right now, to be able to have a strong economy again and really restart... We have to be able to provide the basic services that have made this place work. Police, fire, sanitation, health care, education, the things that have made New York City strong and allowed us to get through this crisis are now in the crosshairs because we've lost $7.4 billion. That's our projection from our budget. $7.4 billion in lost revenue, $3.5 billion in new expenses to pay for the coronavirus and the fight to save lives over 10 billion combined, the federal government must make us whole for us to be able to be in a position to restart. If we're not Wait a minute. What do you mean make you whole? You should have had hospitals yourself. You should have had enough beds yourself. You should have had enough respirators yourself. You should have yourself, 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 yourself. Why do I have to bail you out? I mean, I'm from New York, right? But I don't pay taxes right now in New York. So why do my tax, but I do pay federal taxes. So why does the whole United States of America have to contribute to $10 billion to help you? I thought, you know, you have, you're the epicenter. You're like the faux capital of the world. And 
and you don't have money, that's a problem. Like if Addis Ababa was to say, we don't have money, I'd be like, yo, yeah, Ethiopia, you might need some help. You know, if someone like, uh, you know, some little town with like five people says we need some money, I'd be like, yo, let's give them some help. But come on, New York City, you got a boat because you needed it right? You got makeshift tents because you said you needed it. We gave you all these beds because you needed it. We gave you visiting nurses, visiting doctors. You were paying them bonuses to come out to you because you needed it. Instead, they're out there in the ICUs doing Titanic videos. So what is it that you need? You need money to cover your butt. You need money to cover your deficit and you want us to give it to you. No. If you want federal tax dollars, Mr. de Blasio, you gotta show us the debts. You gotta show us and you gotta show your books and tell us why you need it. And if your books show that your deficit is because you've been paying illegals, that's on you. You need to tax every single New Yorker and tell them, you know what? We were giving illegals housing for free. We were giving them free health care. We were giving them free food. We were giving them free education. So we don't really have money right now. And let's see how every U.S. citizen that lives in New York feels about this. That's what we need to see asking us for money. We don't need to give you anything. The president is giving every U.S. citizen $600 a week. That's $2,400 in your pocket because you can't work. That is enough for you to be able to survive or meet the debts you couldn't meet because you were shut down and locked in your house thanks to the Democrats. This is just another way to put their hands in our pocket and take money. I say no. No. And everyone should say N-O, no. You shouldn't get anything, New York. You shouldn't get anything, California. You shouldn't get anything because you should have done your job before this pandemic. Okay? You should have done it before. You're sitting there saying, President didn't have testing fast enough. How's he supposed to test for something that he doesn't know what to test for? China lied. People died if the coronavirus is real. So how are you holding him accountable for not creating a test for something he doesn't know to test for? And yet you're begging for money saying, oh my gosh, we're like devastated. We don't have money to reopen the city. We can't pay unemployment because we have no money. Well, then why are you paying illegal immigrants unemployment? Why are you paying for all their houses? Why do you have them on section eight when we got veterans sitting on the street? Ah, there you go. You don't deserve a penny. And let's listen to him cry a little bit more. It's Baritomo. Whole. If New York City is not whole, it will drag down the entire region and it will hold uh, it will hold up the entire national economic restart. If we are whole. So how much money do you want? Maria, how much money do you need from the federal government? All the money that's been lost and will be lost, lost revenue. And this is true for New York and cities and states around the country. We need seven point four billion dollars. That's how much we've lost. That's how much we need to get back. Just like the federal government bailed out the airline industry, the tune of $58 billion, bail out the largest city in the country so we can restart and be able to be strong leaders in an economic revitalization. Everyone should be out there saying, no, don't give money to New York. No, let de Blasio pull away from all his stupid illegal alien programs, all his debt. Let him pull his own pants down. We don't need to give you a penny. The only thing the president needs to do is give the people of New York City everything he is giving the rest of the nation. And I know $2,400 for most New Yorkers a month is nothing because your rent is most likely double than that. But I'm sorry, you have almost 20% tax on your citizens. You're broke, beyond broke. 
and you supposedly have all these deaths and you funneled all this money with all these deaths. You demanded that we turn out ventilators, beds, hospitals. We gave you a Navy ship. You didn't even need it. And now you need, you know, all this money to restart your city because you are a bad money manager. Wait, let me, let me rephrase. Remember, he actually used money to fly to Germany because he wanted to posture himself to run for president. You remember that? I remember that. How he used New York City and or federal tax dollars to fly his little tushy out to Germany so he could talk to Merkel and say, I can run for president. No, you can't. So no, everybody should be tweeting. No. To, to Mayor de Blasio. No, you should have done it. And every single New Yorker out there, even though you're going to suffer totally temporarily, because he, by him proclaiming bankruptcy, he loses his seat as mayor. In addition, Governor Cuomo loses his seat as government. And then President Trump steps in and fixes it all with his badass magic wand. That's how stuff has to happen. You should not listen to this crying I don't want to say it with all his fakery coming out to you saying, oh, we need this. You need to help us. You need to bail out the biggest city. We're like the best. Yeah, the best. 17.5% sales tax. I mean, if you work in New York, your paycheck is slashed in half like instantly. Like federal and state, it's gone. 50% gone. You make $10 an hour, you're taking home five at a maximum. And this clown is begging us to bail him out when he's making so much money. Where's your deficit in all these black programs? Uh, we don't even want to talk about that now, do we? Black programs, right? Oh, you want to talk about other things? I mean, we could just talk about the illegal population. You know, the one that you piloted, right? The one that you embraced, right? The free education, right? That's what we should be talking about. He deserves no penny whatsoever, not even a cracked penny that is soaked (laughs) to remove the copper. We don't even give him a penny made of zinc with no copper coating. We give him nothing, absolutely nothing. That is what we should, we shouldn't bail him out. We should not bail him out. That is it. But let's listen to him beg some more because this is fun. In this country, we get that. Let me, let me no ask you this: Are you are you, you are you using this crisis to take us into socialism? I just saw oh, you on the press conference. You said this: the bigger picture of fair recovery for all, confront structural, economic, and racial inequalities. Are you looking to change things that have nothing to do with the coronavirus, and we're not impacted by that, Mr. Mayor? Maria, I'm looking to go at the very things that the coronavirus crisis has dredged up, and we've seen it all over the country. There are vast healthcare disparities that have come up that must be addressed for the good of all of us. Yeah, we need universal health care because I've got illegal migrants and I need to shove them under that because I can't show people that I've been paying tons and tons of cash covering them rather than American citizens that I've been taking almost 50% of their paycheck every every week in New York. Yeah, you're right, Maria. Uh, you know, it may seem like socialism, but it's the right thing to do because I know best. That's why I'm such a crappy money manager. No, guys, these guys need to default. Let's just listen to him beg some more. It's the right thing to do, but also to have a strong, healthy society. But Maria, what I'm talking about in the first instance, when we talk about just getting on our feet again, I think we all can count here. If we're missing $7.4 billion, and now we heard today there may be additional state budget cuts looming on top of that that will hit New York City and the whole rest of the state. We won't be able to provide the basic services and have the personnel we need who do that amazing work. You know, we're, we're talking about the heroes, the first responders, the healthcare workers. The ones that are making Titanic videos at the ICU. Essential workers. 
These are the folks who need to keep their jobs going forward if we're going to have a healthy recovery. And if we yes, are yes, missing yes. billions and billions of dollars, how on earth are we supposed to do that? Mr. Mayor, honestly, I need an hour with you. There's so many important things to cover in New York. You made a very good case just there. You said that the city needs to be made whole. Number one, how are the conversations going with President Trump? Are you going to get that money? And number two, Mr. Mayor, something that you know I've been railing about, about the inmates being let out. Now coronavirus is ripping through our prison systems. And now you're letting inmates out. The New York Post with a headline, dozens of New York City inmates back in jail after coronavirus relief. You're letting them out. They're committing crimes and going right back in. Even before this, between January and March, on the heels of your bail reform law, Car thefts up 65 percent. Robberies up 24 percent. Burglaries up 22 percent. We know you. Have and he's begging for money there. like what whatever about it. Well, I'll come to your question about the president in a moment, Maria, real quick. Uh, there was a bail reform law passed by the state of New York, not the city, the state of New York. There were some things I thought needed to be better. In fact, uh, a lot of us agreed, Governor Cuomo and I and many others agreed there needed to be changes. And the state legislature did make important changes a few weeks ago. And I think it's going to help us fight crime. But remember, the NYPD has done a remarkable job. Crime in New York City today, the last time it was this low was the 1950s. So we've had some challenges the last few months, but overall crime continues to go down in New York City. NYPD's done an amazing job. In terms of the folks who were in our jail system, we let 1,400 out who either had very low-level offenses or had an immediate health danger because of the coronavirus. They're being monitored when the jails are able to, and the court system gets back uh, up and running. We'll bring back anyone who needs to be brought back. Wait a minute. So I'm letting out all these criminals. And then when everything opens back up, I'm just going to arrest them off the street and say, yeah, that was only temporary. You're coming back. What the like, wait, guys, are you listening to this stuff? How is anybody sitting there and saying I'm taking this seriously? Like, seriously, <laughs> uh, Mayor de Blasio, you and me need to have a Tory says conversation like seriously, because why is nobody saying this is super insane? So you're going to let someone out and then say when the courts open back up, I'm just going to bring you right in. What? What? And then listen to this. He's letting them out when they can't get a job because everything's shut down with no money in their pocket whatsoever. And he's like, you're out. So what are they going to do? Steal a car, rob whatever store is there, <laughs> rob someone walking on the street because they got to eat too. I mean, what? It, it, this is pure insanity. Are you seeing this? Come on. This is this is so crazy. You have to laugh or else you just pull your hair out and you're like, I, I want to slip my wrist, period, because this is not happening. This is, he says it as if it's like, yeah, you know, this was the right thing to do. And I'm just going to let these criminals out and then I'm just going to bring them back in if they have to. And it's like, uh, okay, um, sure. Cause you car thief go, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna call you back and just round you up. Even if you didn't do anything and you're on the straight and narrow, still going to bring you back in. Cause you know, the courts are open now. Some have done the wrong thing and they'll pay the consequences. The vast majority haven't, but it was about protecting lives of correction officers and inmates in a humanitarian crisis. President Trump and I have spoken several times about the stimulus. Look, I've given President Trump credit when he's helped New York City, and sometimes he and his team have done a great job at that. You and I, Maria, have talked about Peter Navarro and the effort to get us supplies and equipment that's been deep. Yeah. Okay. We're done with Mayor de Blasio. We don't need to hear him say, oh, look, President Trump, I tell people when you do good things, so do this for me or else I'm just going to keep talking about bad, bad things. No, you deserve absolutely nothing. You don't deserve money. You don't deserve anything, period. End of story. Okay. That's the way it's going to go. Now, listen to this. Okay. So 
just 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 listen to this report that Fox put out today. Full starting today, Georgia and Montana getting a head start over the weekend. Nine more easing up by the end of this week. The Trump administration optimistic, projecting the economy is in trouble now, but will recover this summer. I think as we begin to reopen the economy in May and June, you're going to see the economy really bounce back in July, August, September. And we are putting in an unprecedented amount of fiscal relief into the economy. Joining us now, of course, live is Kaylee McEnany. She, of course, is the new White House press secretary. Welcome and good morning. Thank you. Good morning. So the president has a video conference with governors this afternoon. Very important because some of those governors are reopening, as we noted this week, uh, starting to get down to business. We just played the Treasury secretary saying he's confident we're going to bounce back pretty quickly. But as you know, Kevin Hassett, another senior advisor to the president, is saying this morning that he's sort of comparing this to the Great Depression, saying this is the greatest shock to our economy we've ever had. What is the president going to prepare the nation for in terms of the days ahead? Yeah, he's going to prepare for a bounce back. Look, we have the president who constructed the greatest, hottest economy in modern history. Um, and President Trump will do it a second time. He believes there's a lot of pent up demand in this country, a lot of people ready to get back to work, ready to go out um, and, and buy things and go to restaurants. That is there and that will help us as we re- begin to rebuild this economy. We're in a strong place. Also, I would note um, the Paycheck Protection Program, which was just replenished. That funding uh, starts again today. So small business owners across the country will get a chance to get that money uh, to pay their workers. Mm -hmm. It should have been here a week ago, but unfortunately, Nancy Pelosi delayed this. She was out on late night television. She was out eating ice cream as literally people were being potentially laid off, were worried about their paycheck. So, you know, Nancy Pelosi, she won't lay off the ice cream, but she's just fine with laying off America's workers. And that's a shame. But Kaylee, you're talking about Nancy Pelosi and the ice cream from a couple of weeks ago. Fair enough. You're going to make your points. But these are serious times. We've now learned there are over 54,000 Americans who have died because of the coronavirus. I opened up the New York Post this morning and Mark Meadows is quoted as saying he wants to your point. Are you kidding? This is what he says. He calls it a talking point. The fact that she was flashing thousands of dollars worth of ice cream. I'm just going to say, let's just think of ice cream for a second. We'll revisit that in a couple weeks. It's not really important right now, but you'll get it later why it's actually important. The fact that she's delayed this is uh, is key, okay? The delay is key. But anyway, take a listen. Take a listen to what she has to say to his questions. Hard the president is working during this, but Mark Meadows says, quote, the biggest concern, the biggest concern I have as new chief of staff is making sure the president gets some time basically for lunch. I mean, we're talking about people in this country right now. We all know the president's busy. There are people making sure they have money for groceries, trying to get a job right now. Is this White House striking the right tone? I think you need to put that quote into context. Uh, Mark Meadows was asked about what his concern is day to day as he looks at the president's schedule. And he made the point that the president is so busy and so hard at work. Um, you know, his concern is making sure he gets a bite to eat here and there. So, you know, you've got to put that into context. First of all, of course, we are concerned for America's workers. Of course, we are concerned for all of those who have lost loved ones. That is the preeminent concern of this White House. Make no mistake about it. It's why I watch this president. So can you see where Fox sits? Can you see where all of these blue check marks and mainstream media sit exactly where you don't want them? So is he trying to say that our president shouldn't be allowed to eat or sleep 
oh, let's just, you know, work him to the bone. Are we kidding? This is where he's going to grab off. It's horrible. It's shameful. It's disgusting. Get up early in the morning and work until late into the evening to ensure to that end America's workers get get paid and American lives are protected. Um, and it's because of this president, because of PPP, that people are getting paid. And it's important, I think, to juxtapose that against the delays of the Democrats to put some fire under them to get back to work because there should not have been, there should not have been a week in delays for people to pay their workers. That's unacceptable in the middle of a global pandemic. So Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer need to help us here. All right. Well, the, the question is, is there going to be a, a fourth round, Kaylee? And good morning. And thanks for being on, uh, here this morning. Uh, you know, you heard from Steve Mnuchin talking about the economy bouncing back. But the president's own economic advisor, uh, Kevin Hassett, suggesting that this economy, our economy, is going to take the biggest hit since the Great Depression. Twenty six million people filing for unemployment benefits. And you've got 27 minutes from now, the opening for those applications for those small businesses to get the third round of relief. Does the president support a fourth round of relief for PPP? Absolutely, he does. We're hitting the ground running with that uh, fourth package being put together. Infrastructure is a really important component of that. We think we can get in there. Um, we will bounce back from this. Americans are strong. We're hardworking. We're entrepreneurial. We will get back on our feet. And we've got the president who constructed the hottest economy here to do it. And you mentioned that PPP funding that's about to reopen um, at 10 a.m. So basically right now, and it's important to note, 60 million small businesses, 90 million, I should say, rather, have gotten relief via direct payment, 60 million relief via the PPP. And of the 1.6 million loans given out, 1 million of them have gone to companies with 10 or fewer employees. This is helping the Americans who need it most. Um, and it's because of President Trump that we have access to this funding and we will bounce back under his leadership. Kaylee, when you look at the the obvious economic hardships that are out there and the millions of Americans that are affected by this. And Steve Mnuchin suggesting that the economy could rebound by end of summer. Does the president agree with that forecast? Because this is going to be an incredible balance of managing people's expectations as we try to climb out of this. Yeah, we do have to climb out of this. You know, Secretary Mnuchin has a great read on the economy, and I absolutely underscore and second uh, what he has said. And this president's an optimist. He's confident. He's a firm believer. Uh, we will work our way out of this. And I, I absolutely think that this funding we've put forward is a key part to stimulate the economy. I um, mean, we have the right man in the White House to do this. We have a businessman who knows better than anyone how to get us to the place of having once again the hottest economy in modern history. Kaylee, I want to follow up on Sandra because she has good question about the Paycheck Protection Program. It's something a lot of our viewers have been paying attention to. We've been getting letters for a couple of weeks now from some folks, and I understand there's going to be good news and bad news. People are going to, have to deal with paperwork issues. This happens uh, all the time. But you just made the assertion a moment ago that it's helping a lot of small businesses. Front page story in the New York Times, I'm sure you saw about how a lot of large companies uh, are getting this money, whereas mom and pop shops are not. One of the issues that could clear all this up is if you were transparent and released the list, disclosed which companies are actually getting money and which are not. Will you finally do that? Disclose which companies are getting this PPP money. Hey, I just read an unbelievable article in the Epic Times. Take a look. It's an investigation into the mysterious origins of the current outbreak. What other paper do you know that's questioning the narrative that it came from animals and looking into the real facts? And not just that. Take a look at this. 
The countries that have been hit the hardest have the deepest ties to the Chinese Communist Party. These are the types of deep investigations that you can find only in the Epic Times. Okay, so I accidentally gave the Epic Times some uh, <laughs> some some uh, street cred there. Either way, they advertise Red State Talk Radio too, so. <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to have ads because we don't have a lot of time I want to cover Joe Biden very clear here and I'm glad that you asked this 0.3 percent of loans that have gone out 0.3 percent have been to the order of 5 million or more meaning bigger companies the vast majority as I noted 1 million of the 1.6 million loads that went out were companies with 10 or fewer employees that is what this program is designed to do that is who it is helping and the New York Times uh, leave it to them to be wrong and not just to be wrong but to be really wrong because that headline is completely dishonest doesn't serve the American people across the country trying to get these loans and I would also note a thing Thank you to uh, Whip Steve Scalise, who put out a website as we waited for a week for Democrats to get their house in order and come to the table. He opened a website where business owners could come and express their frustration with the delays. I read about a small business owner in Mobile, Alabama, who almost had to do layoffs all of last week as she waited for funding. So we got to come together as a country. Both parties come together. This is about one thing, the American people, not partisan politics. No, it is partisan politics and covering their tushes. And, you know, most of these people that are in the Senate and House are worried about what you know, their state officials, like their secretary of states, their governors, their attorney generals have on them to keep them in control and in check. So this is why they pushed it to go through the unemployment insurance when it should have just been, just cut them a check, Steve, just send it off. (laughs) We can bypass them. We don't need them. And that is the way it should have been done. I mean, look, bottom line is, I never, ever, ever elected Bill Gates to be in charge of health. I mean, he's a dropout. He's not an engineer. He's a smart guy, but he's nothing. He's not an immunologist, not a virologist, but he's heading my health. No one voted Tim Cook to be in charge of our immigration policies either. But there he is on the forefront. I never elected George Soros to be charge of elections, but he's passed that torch on to Bezos now. Okay, let's just be honest. And, you know, Mark Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey have suddenly been elected by the mainstream media to police free speech. I've had friends contact me. Actually, there were four of them and two of them are journalists, two of them are journalists that said, yo, one of your articles came across to me at Facebook and they wanted to know how trustworthy your news is. And even though we disagree, I couldn't say that it's not because you've never been wrong, uh, said one. The other one was like, you know, I, I, I had this question too, blah, blah. And it's like, this is it. So people we don't elect tell us what we're allowed to see and hear and talk about. How is this a free country again? Explain it to me. Ah, it's not. That's the thing. It's totally not. So, uh, it was yesterday that I dropped this little tidbit. You know, the daily beast has like an infatuation with Q (laughs) and they said something about how Zuck CNN was going to make heads roll and fix it. Yeah. That is going to be an epic tweet of his that I just said, uh, you would never imagine who planted that. So I'm just saying there's always a method to my, oh, I accidentally did this. Oh, just a reminder because they're all very important. All very important. Now, before we head into Joe Biden, let's get on to Kim Jong-un. I want you guys to listen to, and I hope that no ads interrupt us, uh, you know, Judge Janine with Kellyanne Conway talking about Rocket Man. 
Talk about that as well as some of the Democrats' shenanigans on Capitol Hill this week is counselor to the president, Kellyanne Conway. Kellyanne, thanks so much for being here tonight. First things first, what is the White House hearing about Kim Jong-un and has the president reached out to anyone? Hi. I will not comment on that. The president will make any announcement about a head of state. I will just tell you that all of us, Janine, will get our credible information offline, not online. And echoing what Senator Graham just said, the offer that President Trump made to North Korea, really his entire presidency stands, that there can be great economic liberation and opportunity for the people of North Korea. And we'd be willing to help with that. But there would be have to be so many conditions met first, not least of which is what the president has been working toward for all three years, which is the verifiable, complete denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula. And the president is very firm on that as he's tried to broker a deal in that way. He has re- he has placed sanctions. They have remained on North Korea and we've been pretty tough on them mm-hmm. as well. But as to the health condition of, of a foreign leader, I'm going to leave that to the National Security Council or the president himself to make any announcements. Right. OK, I, I understand that. But it is qu- highly unusual for him uh, to be as absent as he has been. And, and I'm going to, to ask you about something that's just come out this evening in The Wall Street Journal. And that is that the White House is planning. OK, before we get to the to the fake news of The Wall Street Journal and it's not fake news, it's purposely leaked news. Let's just put it this way. Um, let's just stick to Rocket Man for a second and we'll just touch base on um, Alex Azar. Uh, so. I'm, I'm going to tell you something and, you know, you could take it as you will. Kim Jong-un, I feel sorry for him, even though I despise him because he knew exactly what he was doing while leading North Korea. He knew exactly the atrocities and the crimes against humanity being conducted. And he was benefiting from allowing those atrocities to occur through his administration, right? For through his dictatorship, whatever you want to call it. When President Trump reached out to him to defuse him first, it was very important. Clone Lives Matter will come into play probably in, in, in about 12 to, to 18 months. And you'll understand why I'm telling you now. It's just for you to do a little bit of homework and understand what it is. Because this is, this is something that, 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 that will change your view on how people see humans. Uh, because this is why this will exp- you'll be able to understand better as to why they hate you so much and how it is able. I've talked about how this social distancing is conditioning us to see human beings as a threat and as an object and not as one in the same with you. Now, I feel bad because genuinely Kim Jong-un was also a prisoner in the same sense. He imprisoned himself by way of allowing things to occur and um, facilitating the um, environment where things as such could occur. So let's put it this way, hypothetically speaking. If Kim Jong-un was taken out for betraying certain allies of the Oriental Bloc, what would happen? His sister would come in? I don't think so. See, this wouldn't happen because the sister would be not approved by the people. Why? 
Because if something like this happens, what you need to do is get in there and help usher the right thing to happen. And I'll tell you how. You start working on the intricacies. So right now, as we speak, we have people organizing on how a unification of the Korean Peninsula can occur under moon. And I say this because every time in history, throughout time, that there has been a Berlin Wall moment where the wall comes down. And in this case with President Trump, he didn't have to break a wall. He just had to walk over a barrier. That was the beginning of the end. See, Kim was difficult, but he knew when he had to withdraw and understand the gravity of the greater situation because he was in a box himself. I mean, he looked so happy, genuinely happy. You cannot mimic that. You cannot mimic the happiness, the freedom he felt. His brother was killed in Macau, right? And there he is, not there for bright day, 36 years old with a heart issue, fake news going around. Now, will there be a replace? Unifying the Korean Peninsula is going to be it. That will reignite the Asian bloc, the Oriental bloc's economy almost instantly. The population is less. The um, uh, area for investment in North Korea is immense. South Korea will be able to penetrate the North Korean um, sector of the peninsula and throw in massive investments. There will be such a sense of love and unity that uh, they will be able to overcome anything because, you know... I don't even want to get into like the, the, the basics of this Oriental history, how uh, the Japanese came to be, how Singapore came to be, how Korea came to be, how the Philippines, how, how, how. But there is a lot of deep-rooted history there. And there will, this will be one of the most talked about things that, unfortunately, President Trump will only get a little bit of credit for in the future. But he will be talked about because he was the one that broke that wall. And after a wall goes down, there's unity. We saw it with West and East Germany. This is inevitable. So the thing that pains me though, is that this will be so well orchestrated that when we actually have things that are happening on a domestic level that are shocking, the mainstream media won't talk about it. They'll be talking about funerals and that sucks. They'll be talking about unity and give all the credit to Moon and not even mention that it was President Trump that ushered this. Now, he didn't take him out. No. Others did because he violated the Oriental Bloc Treaty. And that he flipped on the wrong people. And we know China lied, people died. It happens all the time, Communist Party. But I, you know, just like in Iran, there are two forms of government in China too. There are the people and there's the CCP. 
That's what we have to think about. And could you imagine if the head of the CCP is doubting the CCP? I mean, how does he run the CCP if he's doubting the CCP without the CCP taking him out? It's all about self-preservation. And if you take him out, CCP, you're going to have to replace him. And that's not going to sit well with the Chinese people. So right now we got President Xi (laughs) sitting with his crotch on a fence, you know, Dressed in red un- and, and doesn't know where to go. This is the reality of it. And, and you could see it as you wish. This is how I see it. This is how it's coming out. And uh, like I said, no matter how many reports, say, oh, he like recovered. He it's inevitable. And I'm going to tell you something else. Years down the line, you know what really sucks? Is that I'm going to be devastated when they finally, you know, decide what, that we need to take out Putin too. They're going to do it. They are going to do it. Not because they can, uh, you know, uh, avoid something, but they're just going to do it out of spite. Because what happened to Kim Jong-un was out of spite. Not because, oh, we need to, you know, eradicate the enemy because this is how we unify Korea. Don't get me wrong. This was done out of spite, out of people that had spite that, you know, he did all this. He shouldn't be, you know, allowed to be forgiven. And there's always two sides of the story. There's always like, I know it sounds bad, but there's always that compassion that you have to have for the person that does wrong because they did not know what they were doing. That is the key phrase that even Jesus said on the cross, forgive them because they do not know what they are doing. And this is out of spite. So what we're going to see unravel with Rocket Man is a unified Korea and how he will be put forward, either be, oh, he's handicapped, he's done, he's finished, he's out, it's finished. I'm I'm saying that hands down. And this is going to happen and you're going to see it happen. And, you know, I mean, what, what better than to, you know, showcase, hey, not to toot my horn, but the validity of the information that I provide, obviously I have sources. If I'm telling you things a year, seven months, seven weeks, a day before they happen, it means that I have sources and I have actual knowledge. Or it just means that I'm a time traveler with a very big crystal ball that tells me everything. I mean, you be the decision, you know, you be the person who decides how you want to see it. I mean, I say I'm a time traveler, but whatever. Now, let's listen to what she has to say about Azar uh, before we delve into Biden, which is going to be really interesting. Take a listen. And replacing Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar. Um, that is uh, more than just online. It's in the Wall Street Journal. What say you to that? Mm-hmm. Well, what I would say to that is Secretary <laughs> Azar has served for over two years, was in the Situation Room yesterday at the task force briefing, was there, I think, most of the week. Uh, and, of course, is, is a big part of that. He oversees... Um, a huge budget, over 60,000 employees, and the CDC, the FDA, SAMHSA, NIH, they're all connected to, if not reporting in some at some level, to the HHS secretary. What I find uh, very curious and a bit disappointing is every time I read a story about a personnel change, these days it has to do with somebody who has oversight over the pandemic. And it's very unfortunate to me that you have people, some people, wishing or willing that Dr. Fauci will be silent or Dr. Burks will quit or they'll no longer be around or the secretary of HHS will be replaced in the middle of this president handling a global pandemic. 
I mean, that think about what you're wishing mm-hmm. some people. Well, you, that you would know not what? be Kellyanne, a good thing. Kellyanne, but- you. You make a good point. You make a good point. And, and, and I understand that, that where, where you're coming from and where you're going. So let's hit it on Joe Biden then, okay? Now, Joe Biden apparently has come out and he said that, um, I think the exact quote is something like, uh, he's not really happy with the two trillion and he wants a hell of a lot more, that's quote, than two trillion dollars. And, uh, he said that today. I mean, uh, is this all about printing more money? Uh, is he, uh, is the man focused, delirious? Is uh, does he know what's going on? Uh, he does in this way. He's trying to kowtow and capitulate to the far left that has overtaken the the Democratic Party. The irony, Janine, is that in saying this to a wide-ranging interview to Politico today, Joe Biden sounds like many of the far-left candidates he beat in the primary. And now he's trying to sound like them, even though he was able to become the front-runner again after a year of being the front-runner. It was a little circuitous. But uh, he's really being, he's giving into the craven elements of his party for which there's never enough money. And what I found really curious and regrettable about Joe Biden's interview is that he was talking about the things he'd want to invest in. And frankly, they have nothing to do with ridding us of the coronavirus and making sure that we have a vaccine, therapeutics, that we can we can count on any hospital surge or ventilator surge if, in fact, there's another hot spot somewhere. But as we start to reopen pieces of the economy, state by state, city by city, when it's appropriate and when the phases are met, that's what Joe Biden should be focused on. And he should also be focused on, you know, um, his own Me Too. Here's my favorite, Tucker. Tara Reid's sexual assault allegation against her former boss, Joe Biden, has not been proven. Likely, it never will be. It happened an awfully long time ago, she says. But newly discovered evidence from almost 30 years ago offers surprising support for Reid's claim. This came almost out of nowhere. A clip from Larry King Live, the old 9 p.m. show on CNN, features a call from a woman Reid tells reporters is her mother. Watch this. San Luis Obispo, California. Hello. Yes, hello. Um, I'm wondering what um, uh, a, a staffer uh, would do, do besides go to the press in Washington. My daughter has just left there uh, after working for a prominent senator and could not get through with her problems at all. And the only thing she could have done was go to the press, and she chose not to do it out of respect for him. Or she had a story to tell, but out of respect for the person she worked for, she didn't tell it. That's true. Huh. That's that's fascinating. Rich McHugh is a longtime reporter who's been on this story and a lot of big stories. He joins us tonight. Rich, thanks so much for coming on tonight. So will you just lay out the facts of uh, as we know them and the allegations, if you would? Sure. So uh, Tara Reid worked for Joe Biden uh, in 1992 and 93 for about eight months. she says that at the time um, she she uh, faced some sexual harassment from from him, uh, unwanted touching, and she had complained about it, and it fell on deaf ears. And so she said she went and filed a complaint, uh, you know, outside of the, his office in some senatorial uh, office that would that would handle these things. Around that same time, she says she was asked to deliver him a gym bag in a, in one of the Senate buildings. And she brought it to him and she says it was a, you know, it was a warm spring day, a hot spring day. And she said that she, uh, that he attacked her in a corridor 
wasn't a private private office or anything, but attacked her and assaulted her, sexually assaulted her. And she um, she came forward with an allegation last year, last April. She told a local paper. She'd been telling people about this. She told people at the time. She told her mother. She told a friend. She told her brother. And she may have told some others. Um, and so now she, she came out last year and told part of her story um, to a local paper in California. And a few weeks ago, uh, I believe it was, she came out with her, her full allegation, um, article by Ryan Grimm and a podcast by Kay Helper. And since then, you know, everybody's been examining uh, the veracity of her claims. So nobody's going to believe her. She knows the time. She knows the place. She filed complaints. Her mom called into the Larry King show. But, you know, Dr. Ford, which was a letter crafted and an idea that was crafted by Daniel J. Jones via his old, uh, I wouldn't say boss because, you know, she was just a tool, Feinstein, right? She was laced with China and two murders on her back. Uh, You know, she's not credible and they don't want to talk about it. And yet they have Biden still you know, running. And you could say, well, Tori, that's not such a big deal. You know, uh, you know, they, they will cover up rape and death all the time. And you're right. They do. But how do they cover up dementia? And what is their point? Why do they have it? Take a listen. And together, we're just getting started. This moment reminds us that the presidency is about true leadership, having the forethought to prepare for the worst, the backbone to lead through chaos. Okay, so this is Jill Biden, right? Talking for Joe Biden, who's standing next to her with a firm frown smile and talking about leadership, but he can't speak. She's speaking for him, okay? Mm-hmm. The character to move beyond politics and serve every American, no matter where they live or what they believe. Yeah, we'll serve you. Uh, But it's not going to be Joe. I'm talking for Joe right now. Only one candidate in this election has all three. (laughs) Let me guess. My husband, our next president of the United States, Joe Biden. Of course. What? Of course. Together with leadership, she'll say it. There he did crack his new smile, you know, his little lazy eye thing. And hey, no, what is going on here? He can't speak. He can't, he, he, you know, he probably thinks like uh, the person on Twitter said, he probably thinks that, uh, you know, Jill is running. He has no idea what's going on. So what in the, in (laughs) what are the Democrats doing? I'll tell you what they're doing. So if we all listen to uh, Bill Barr's interview, he made it clear that Huber is not having a deadline for elections, right? To put things out. He also said that indeed, that if you're running for president, it's not the right thing to do as to press charges. So anyone sitting there telling you that Biden is under investigation, there's going to be indictment popping on Biden or his son is wrong because it's not going to happen because then it'll be like, Ooh, president Trump did that on purpose so he could lose the elections. Cause, cause president Trump needs that help. I mean, Joe Biden can lose the elections totally on his own. Uh, I don't think we need to help him with that. Right. He sucks anyway. 
He doesn't. He wouldn't even know how bad he sucks at this point. He has no idea what he's doing. So, bottom line is, Joe Biden's not. He is under investigation, but it's on hold, man. I mean, they're investigating in the background, not at a rush because he's still on the ticket. Why? Cover. This is buying them time. I told you I heard the conversation in Munich. That was it. That is why he was like, nah, man, I'm not going to throw my hat in the race. If I step down, maybe he'll leave me alone. I'm not. I'm not. No, he's not. He's going to come straight after you because it's going to nick like this. And it's going to. And Obama better come behind you. And you're going to cover all of us. We need this time. We're finally going to crack through the tight ranks that protect this president. Give us the time. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to spin it like this. He can't investigate you. He can't take you down because you're running for president. He'll have to wait. And that's only if he wins. Either way, you were going to be in trouble. Buy us the time. I said, I heard this. I knew about it. That's why I didn't throw his hat in the race until after Zelensky was elected because they needed to make sure that they got Zelensky under control. See, it was all planned. Joe Biden obviously. How's he going to go to trial? He doesn't even know his name. And then the people will ask, well, hold on a second. What do you mean he can't go to jail? He was campaigning for president. Now you're going to tell me he can't go to jail because he's too crazy or he's too demented. So you were willing to put someone with dementia? No, we weren't going to do that. We were going to replace him because then, you know, once you're elected, the doctor makes sure that you're in good health. And if he's not, we just replace him with, I don't know, like Hillary or someone. That, that would be their excuse. That's their plan, you guys. You see, their plan is if Joe Biden can buy us enough time so we can steal these elections in some way or at least get rid of Trump in another way, right, whichever that may be, because the Leavenworth plan kind of fell flat, right? That fell flat. So the, the, their plan is if we can at least get Joe in, the minute he's sworn in, we'll have the doctor look at him and it'll be, oh dear, mm, President Joe Biden can't be president. We're going to have to have special elections. And here comes Hillary on a horse. See, this is how it works. This is how it works. See, Hillary Clinton can't jump in because she's already under investigation. So that excludes her from running because they can't not have her criminal investigation come in front of her during the election period. Same thing for Michelle Obama, just so you know. Unless they're bold enough to pull that. So this is their plan, you guys. It was never about making Biden president. It was about him buying time for them and saying, dude, you're far gone anyway. It's not like a judge will just stick you in a prison, which they should, because if they're willing to take Roger Stone, who did absolutely nothing wrong, and throw him in a four-by-four, you better believe it. This guy better be in a one-by-one. Joe Biden better be in a one-by-one. All of us would stand right behind that full speed ahead. So when people are telling you, oh, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, leave it alone. That isn't going to happen until Joe is out of the race. That's when that comes up because it started while he was mulling the race. So even though he didn't throw his hat in the race on April 25th and they started investigating from before, they could still say, oh, you knew he was running. He was just getting his pack in order. So again, Joe Biden's not the first to go. This is going to be fun. And hopefully people will find that leaked Loretta Lynch stuff. Poor Loretta. On that note, God bless everyone. Stay true. Pray. God bless from all of us here at Red State.